After work, we got on our best party dresses and strolled out looking like real flappers. Clara and I had bobbed each other's hair just a few nights back. The night air felt cool on my neck and on my calves. We sheared off about one foot of bottom hem from our dresses, too. I felt so scandalous and cosmopolitan to step out in a dress so short my knees practically showed. My short hair bounced as I walked along, straight into the speakeasy on the beach. We ordered drinks and waited at a table out by the water. It's funny how a night can start out so harmless and end up somewhere you never could have dreamed. We could see the tycoon's place and even swear we heard the music of the jazz orchestra floating on the ocean breeze, but it was as far away as the moon to us. We didn't have a car, and to tell you the truth, I wasn't sure we'd have the nerve to show up there uninvited if we did. Clara and I were all talk now that it came down to it. Dusk painted the ocean swaths of lilac and cobalt. I clung to the ice in my empty drink against the side of the crystal glass. The breeze was still warm coming off the water, but there was a hint that summer was coming to a close. On the deck of the blue sands overlooking the ocean, the mansion on the rock loomed directly in our line of sight. It was lit up like the midday sun, so you could see it from town and across the harbor. Boats out to sea probably saw it like a beacon. It was sure beckoning to us. Reggie and Harry came in and plopped down at our table. Reggie was swell. He always made me feel pretty. Unfortunately for him, he couldn't make me feel in love with him. Sometimes I think that a guy might pine away for a girl who doesn't want him, just so he can be sure he doesn't get her, doesn't get tied down. Do you know what I mean? They just want to chase something they'll never catch. That's how I thought of Reggie, and it made me feel better about not liking him in that way. The fellas said they were going to the party, asked if we wanted to come. Clara and I exchanged glances. I tossed the guys an unenthusiastic sounding. Sure, why not? Clara nodded in agreement. So after a few drinks, we all piled into Harry's car and headed there. Reggie had a flask full of gin. It tasted pretty sweet after a few swigs. Reggie kissed me and said that I did too. He was a charmer. Next thing I knew, we were there. There doesn't seem enough of a word for the place. It was the most decadent edifice beyond what I had imagined. How one man could live there was hard to fathom. Yet Jared Fitzgerald was larger than life, as the saying goes. A place that grand must be what it would take to contain him. I lost Reggie in the crowd a little while after we got there. Not on purpose, mind you. I almost lost myself there. There were so many people. Soon Clara was swept away, too, and I found myself milling about. Laughing people were all around, dancing and drinking. Beaded dresses and bobbed hair, impeccable suits and cigar smoke. I slipped through the crowd and emerged from it holding a flute of champagne. The pool was a work of art unto itself, mosaiced marble with lampposts at each corner of lithe naked women with bobbed hair, hands reaching up holding the glass orbs that sent an unnatural glow over the water. I sat down on a long marble bench with a face carved at the center. It was fifteen feet wide at least. The dozen or so people who could have fit nicely on it with me had better things to do. I eyed the crowd for Reggie to come rescue me, or even Clara. A woman was dancing around one of the light posts. She had more booze in her than grace, 
but the guys weren't critics, apparently. Dares were flung around, and with a splash she was tossed in the pool. The three guys followed. Splashes, laughs, five more women in the pool, with at least as many men. Their gowns must have been ruined. I lifted the flute to my mouth and emptied it. May I join you? A voice as smooth as brandy with the timber of a panther's growl met my ears. It was him. Jared Fitzgerald. Dapper, defined. In a well-tailored dove-gray suit with a waistcoat. His collared shirt was unbuttoned a bit. He tamed the suit. It wasn't like he was the reserved gentleman tucked into his uniform. It was like he could lose the suit at any moment and be a beast, like a lion on a leash, just letting you believe it was restrained. So there I was, faced with his power, raw masculinity, and great wealth, the man that everyone knew of but no one truly knew intimately, except her.'